Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. I have returned home from my old lady New England cruise and I loved everything about it. If you've not visited Bar Harbor, Maine, I thought it was like the cutest little town I've ever seen in my life. Plus the mountains are there. It's just got everything. We had an amazing lunch there. I could just like retire and live there for the rest of my life. I loved everything about it. And, you know, we just had a great experience as a family. You know, you have those vacations or things just kind of click and everybody seems happy and content. And we just had some really great disconnected family time. So now I'm back. I want to remind all of you that my membership for Drink Less, Live More is live. It is ready for you to take the plunge and join in on the fun and also on just learning and growing ourselves as we explore this relationship with alcohol together. So, you know, I've been on this journey for a little over three years and it had been on my mind before that, you know, I'd been thinking about, gosh, I wonder what life could be like without drinking. I just had not gotten to the point where I felt like this was really disrupting my life until three years ago. So, I think it's really important for us to be able to share those stories with one another. Number one, so we just don't feel so alone, but also because it just kind of keeps this change that we are working towards in the forefront. We all know that change is hard. The data around change is not good. We don't do this well as human beings, but what we do know is having a why, understanding your why, and understanding the deeper reasons why you are doing something is crucial to actual change. And then also consistency. You know, we've all heard the 21 day thing. If you do something for 21 days, then it becomes a habit. I don't think it's quite that prescriptive, but you know, I've been doing this for three years and it truly is my new habit. So I don't have the habit of opening my bottle of wine every night anymore I have new habits that I've created. So, and quite frankly, I'm getting so much shit done. So like that is amazing. You know, I mean, I just feel so productive. I feel like I'm getting all these things done where I was previously sitting there drinking my wine, just looking at them thinking, I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to touch up that pain on that wall. And I would just look at it and then it would still be there. It would still just feel like something that was a burden to me or something that was weighing on me as a to-do list item, right? So that's been really cool to see too, just that productivity level. So please, please, please visit rachelpritz.com and join the membership. We would love to have you. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing that grow and develop as I grow and develop and so do you. So if that's not something you're ready for, maybe you're still regularly drinking and you're just thinking about this thing. Cool. Like, you know, let's, let's just meet you where you are. If that's where you're at, let's read some Quitlet, keep listening to the podcast, find other podcasts that kind of fit where you are right now. And that could be a someday. So the goal here is to not force yourself to 
do something that you're just not quite ready for. Because we can think we should do something, but unless we really want to do something, it's going to be really hard for it to stick. So that's been my personal experience. Of course, we all have kind of different personality quirks and different ways that we find that we change and we change effectively. And that can take us some time to figure out for sure through trial and error, essentially. So that is actually one of the topics that I wanted to talk about today. So I don't count days that I don't drink. I never have. I have, you know, used apps in the past before I really got serious about this. And I was like, okay, I'm only going to have one drink on a Friday night or two drinks on a Saturday night. I had done stuff like that. I had done some drink planning in the past, those types of things that I wasn't keeping track of. I'm on day 96, you know, I'm almost to hundred. I wasn't doing that. And that wasn't just because I just didn't feel like it or I was lazy. It was absolutely intentional. And I know many of you share some of the similar, similar struggles that I have because I've talked to so many of you. So I want to share why I don't do that and why it's been really helpful for me to not count days. The first thing is that it seems a little bit of a disconnect to me when we think of one day at a time, which I firmly believe in one day at a time. We don't need to think about our kid's wedding 20 years from now. And if we're going to have a glass of champagne, like that is not happening now. So let's stick with one day at a time. Like, let's just work on that. And today I don't want to drink because actually tomorrow I want to wake up without a hangover, you know? So that's kind of my, my way of thinking through that. But when we think of one day at a time and then we think of counting days and reaching milestones and it almost feels like a white knuckling strategy to get to whatever number of days you had in mind, I find that to be a little counterproductive, honestly. And so for me personally, the reason why I don't count days and why I I did that with intention from the very, very beginning is because I've really struggled with perfectionism and failure. And I've worked through some of that. You know, I had to work through some of that through my eating. I know I've shared that with all of you. I don't think it's uncommon for people to struggle with both of those things, with food and with alcohol. So I have talked to so many of you that have said, yeah, me too. I thought I was the only one. And why do I have so many struggles with both of these things? And I just don't, I think it's a very related topic. So I used to do, I mean, I was the queen of Weight Watchers and counting the points and joining Weight Watchers and rejoining Weight Watchers and rejoining Weight Watchers. It was constant. And you know what? I had had success with it. You know, it was probably 15 years ago, a coworker of mine was getting married and, you know, we were both single gals, you know, working together as nurses. And she was like, Hey, I'm going to go to Weight Watchers. Do you want to go with me just for fun? Like something to do? And I'm like, sure. Sure. So we were actually going to the physical meetings, which I feel like, hello, 1980s. And, you know, there was some good stuff in there. There's some really cringy stuff that I think about now, like the whole nothing tastes as good as thin feels. That makes me want to barf. And at the time, I thought that was such great advice. Yes, I want to be thin. And no food can taste as good as being thin. And I'm like, well, I actually disagree because there's a lot of foods that I think taste really amazing. And I just think that sort of perpetuated the idea of, of not being healthy, but being thin, like thin was the thing. Now I will say that feeling healthy and strong, 
There's not a whole lot that tastes better than that. But that's a different way to look at it. My goal was never to be thin. I don't have that body type to be really thin. I would have to literally starve myself to to be thin. So there's some problematic things there. But I found myself, you know, because you they kind of separate it into weeks for those of you that haven't done Weight Watchers. They separate it into weeks, okay? So you start on Monday. You decide which day you want to weigh in, and then you go for the week. And you come in and you weigh in front of somebody, and they document it. And so it's almost like... I, I kind of liked the push because I wanted that person to see me as somebody that was successful and didn't fail for the week, you know? So it was like that extra set of eyes. But really, it was kind of just like I wanted to run from the shame if I didn't have a successful week. And so that was sort of the motivator. That's not a good long-term motivator. So, you know, you'd go in, you do this week-long thing, and I would have, let's say, six days, and I would do amazing. And then I'd go out with friends, we'd go to the bars, I'd eat chicken wings, all the fried shit. In the morning, I'd eat more fried shit because I had drank, you know, all night. And so I would look at that as failure because I had six good days, and I had one day, the seventh day that I didn't do, in air quotes, good And that would just leave me feeling like I'd failed. And then I had to start all over again. Okay, now I got to start all over again. Like that whole week was just for nothing. You know, I'm getting a six out of seven on a test. That's a pretty good grade. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't acknowledging those six days that I was successful, you know? So it was just like, it just felt like I was working against myself if it wasn't perfect. The weeks that I did it perfectly and did my seven days and like literally watched every little thing I put in my mouth and, you know, counted calories for my exercise and all these things, you know, those were the weeks where I didn't experience that, but that is not sustainable. That is not a way to live. And I was really operating out of willpower and white knuckling through. And the second I had a slip up, I was a a piece of shit and a failure. And I stopped doing any sort of counting Weight Watchers, any of that type of stuff a little over four years ago. And I just started eating what I wanted when I was hungry and not eating if I wasn't hungry, even if it was during a traditional meal. And I really became an intuitive eater and my body is in better shape than it's really ever been. So I feel as though that has worked in my favor and it doesn't feel hard. It feels so natural to me. And that is my way of living now. So I kind of tackled that problem first. So I had this information coming into the alcohol challenge when I started November 1st of 2020. So I knew this information, so even coming into it, I didn't even set a time frame. I just said, I'm not going to drink, you know, for this, you know, more than likely the month of November. You know, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be 30 days. I don't know if it's going to be 15 days. All I know is I'm taking a break from alcohol. And I was taking it sort of in that one day at a time methodology where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what I want to do November 30th. Who cares? Because it's November 6th and that's all that matters. So I was really just focusing on that and I was just looking at it more playfully instead of in a, I have to do this thing. It was a playful way to approach it where I was kind of like, gosh, I'm just really curious, you know, outside of pregnancy, I've never taken an extended break from alcohol and I've never even 
said I was going to take an extended break. So, you know, I've met quite a few people that are like, oh, I've tried every dry January for the last four years or every sober October, haven't been successful. I had never done any of that. And in fact, I would, you know, kind of scoff at it or almost make fun of it when other people were doing a dry January or I'd see it, you know, on social media. And I'm like, I'm doing a soak and wet January. So suck it, people. You know, I mean, those were the things that were going through my mind. And so, you know, outside of pregnancy, which the second I was pregnant, the second I had a positive pregnancy test, I was like, okay, I'm not drinking, you know? And I wasn't counting the days till like when I delivered the baby and could drink again. I really wasn't. It was just kind of like one day at a time, like I'm pregnant, I'm not drinking, you know, that's it. So that was something that was really helpful. That information was really helpful. The other thing that I don't fully understand is if you get to a certain number of days and then you drink, it's like this, okay, so now I got to start all over because I'm going back to day one. I have to start all over. I can no longer say that I have, you know, 300 days of sobriety. And I don't quite get that because you're not starting over. You're truly not. You have learned so much in those 300 days without alcohol. And you know, I say almost a year without alcohol because it was almost a year, but I actually don't know the number of days. I do not know the day that I chose to take a drink. I do not know. I have no idea because I was not paying attention to that. So some people are like, what do you mean? You didn't count the number of days after almost a year off of alcohol? No, I didn't. I really didn't. So I could probably look back at my newsletters and my podcast and tell you, but who cares? Like, it's just not helpful information for me in my own journey and just with the way that I approach things. So let's say you've tried Sober October and you're, you know, back to drinking, even back to the old pattern of behavior where you're drinking more than you want to. Okay. It's not all for nothing. (laughs) You learned something during that time, if, and this is a big if, if you're willing to evaluate that journey and actually learn from it. If we want to avoid it like the plague because we feel so ashamed that we weren't successful, okay, well, it's probably not so helpful. But if we want to look at it just objectively and say, oh, that was so interesting that I went out with this person and that was the night that I chose to drink and I was feeling less confident about talking to him or her about me not drinking or taking a break from alcohol. And I just thought it was easier just to have a drink. I just wanted to make it easy and to not make them feel weird or awkward for drinking. So that's interesting. That's really good information because that's people pleasing behavior, right? And why do we feel like this person that we have chosen to spend our time with, that we can't tell them the truth, that we can't be honest with them and just say, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And without judgment on what they're doing. So that has been so much of my journey. I wanted to share it with you because I've had a lot of questions about that. I also um, have had some people say, well, if you don't count your days, then to me, you're not an alcoholic, which I agree. I actually don't think I'm on the most extreme end of addiction. I don't think I was ever there. And I think most of you probably aren't there that are listening. You're probably more in that gray kind of middle space. It is a spectrum, you know? So for some people, it may work beautifully to count days. That may be absolutely necessary. Please, please, please do that. 
But if you're experiencing emotionally what I'm explaining that I experienced, maybe it's time just to try a different way. Maybe the number of days doesn't matter. It really just doesn't because you're really just, you know, living day to day, truly. Like I'm focusing on today and that's all that really matters. And, you know, honestly, I would extend that into I'm focused in on today and maybe a few days after today. So my motivation most of the time is just pausing for a minute and asking myself, how do I want to feel tomorrow morning? How do I want to behave with my children tomorrow morning? How do I want to feel two days from now? Because quite frankly, when I have drank, I feel it for multiple days. Even if it's one drink, I feel it for multiple days, which is crazy to me. But you know, like I think this is, you know, 40s and beyond. So that is kind of what I do. I kind of focus in on like the maybe one to three days that I'm really shooting for. What am I focused in on and how do I want to be intentional? And that's how I drive myself forward. When I can pause for a minute and say, how do I want to feel tomorrow? If I'm thinking, oh, maybe I could just have one drink or, oh, I'm just going to have one on date night or, oh, I have a friend that's in town. I'm going to celebrate with her because she just got a promotion or she just had a, you know, really big thing happen in her life, you know, or whatever. If I focus on how do I want to feel tomorrow? And my answer is always, I want to feel fantastic. I want to be full of energy. I want to be productive. I want to have time and space to be able to do whatever I want. Okay. I want to have clarity of mind. Well, the answer is always don't drink. (laughs) Don't have a drink. It's always that. So that is kind of my reflection on why I don't count days. I would love to hear from some of you about your experience with counting days. Maybe it's a similar experience. Maybe you're like, no, 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 Rachel, I have to count days and here's why. I would love to hear that because I realize that my experience is not going to be everyone's experience. So please send me a message. You know I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on all the places. You can send me messages anywhere. And I will put links in the show notes for my membership if you would like to join. If not, keep listening along. I love you both, or love you all the same, regardless of what you do. I'm just so passionate about spreading this message far and wide because for so many years I thought I didn't have a choice but to drink because I wanted to fit into society and I no longer live in that space. And I want that for you too. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.